Welcome to the Keeping It Real Estate Podcast. I am Ali Vasquez, the team leader of the Vasquez team of Karis Realty Group. We are based out of Maryland, my Maryland, the best state. You ask me, even if you don't ask me, I'm telling you it's the best state. I've been kind of analyzing my group of sellers recently, and I've noticed that my sellers are mainly comprised of first time sellers or people that sold so long ago, it doesn't even matter anymore. Um, whether that's people who are downsizing and have been in the same, you know, place for 20, 25 plus years or millennials who bought their first starter home and now they're ready to move on. I have been dealing with a lot of people who are saying, Allie, I need you to walk me through all the steps. Like first time buyers get all the love. Today, first time sellers are getting all of my love. I'm saving all my love for you. That was a free concert. Okay. You just got that for free. Um, I will be charging at the door next time. $10 cover. You're welcome. Um, so sellers, what do we need to do in this market to really maximize all of our profits? Now we just came from a time where literally it was like a fire sale. Everything must go. I don't care if your house is completely falling down, put it on the market and you're going to get top dollar for it. We're coming out of that. Those times are no longer here to stay. So what do I recommend when you're selling your house? I always say that, you know, buyers can probably wrap their brain around one major system needing to be replaced. And I'm not saying the hot water heater is a major system. Like obviously we love a hot water heater and it is very necessary for our day-to-day -day life, but it is the cheapest thing to replace. I'm talking HVAC, roof, gutters. If you have a septic system, if you have a well, like if we have one thing that's completely jacked, we can maybe get away with it, but you can't have everything jacked. You cannot have every major system in your home being completely past its you know, usable lifespan. So I know it might suck to think, oh my gosh, do I really have to replace my roof to sell my house? And you don't, you can offer a credit, you can offer a partial credit, but you need to think that nobody's gonna want a house unless you price it aggressively, aggressively low, which is also scary for sellers. Nobody's gonna want that house if you need to put upwards of $30,000 into it right away. As a general rule, you can't go wrong with a complete home refresh. That means painting the areas that need to be painted. Um, I don't necessarily say go ahead and paint your whole house, but you would be so surprised what painting the ceilings makes everything lighter and brighter. Um, if you need to repaint some high traffic areas, similarly with flooring, if there are areas where the flooring is just completely beat to heck, you can offer a credit, but again, unless you're going aggressively low with the price, people can't visualize coming in and even if you're like, oh, I'll give you $5,000 to replace the flooring, what are they gonna do when they walk away from your house? They're gonna say, mm, I don't like it. And then me, as if I'm the buyer's agent, I'm gonna say, well, what is it that you don't like about it? And meanwhile, in my head, I know that they're saying, I can't visualize new flooring. I can't visualize new paint. But they're saying, mm, I don't know. It's just like, I'm just not getting the vibe from it. And meanwhile, I really, really know that they cannot wrap their brain. They cannot imagine what a completely renovated home would look like. So our job as the seller is to, if not completely give them a vision, we have to give them the alley-oop so that they can then dunk it and completely understand what their house is going to look like. Because sadly, it is not your home anymore. That's another thing that I really struggle with sellers um, with. Once you put your house on the market, once you're even thinking about selling, you have to generally divorce yourself from the home. Remember, we're marrying the house, we're dating the rate. And when you sell, you have to separate and you gotta divorce yourself from the, it being your home because it is no longer yours. It is a blank slate where buyers can put their vision. A lot of people ask, should I do a pre-listing inspection? And I say, proceed with caution. Why? Because when an inspector gives you that report, you are now legally obligated to disclose everything that you know about the house to the new buyers. And that can be a slippery slope. 
So I like to stay in that gray area being nice and vague. Like, of course, we know that something's, if, some, if we know that something's wrong with the plumbing, then we're going to have to talk about that, right? But let's just leave some things a mystery as they are meant to be. You know, the Mona Lisa, her smile, it's all a mystery. That's the way we want to look at your house as the Mona Lisa. Oh, it's beautiful. What is she smiling at? We don't quite know. But yeah, let's just keep that all somewhat of a mystery so, so that we don't completely have to blow our cover. Now we know that the buyer is going to be doing their own inspection, but I like to roll the dice. You know, the buyer could have a really, really bad inspector. The buyer could have a decent inspector. The buyer could have an inspector that rips up to shreds every single element of your house, but that's just the game that we play. That's the roll of the dice. That's how it has to go. What about appliances, Ali? Oh, good question. Okay, appliances. So um, during COVID, I would have said forget it. Don't upgrade your appliances, not only because the market didn't dictate that, but also because it was so hard to get appliances during COVID. Did you know that, Allison? That like people couldn't get a refrigerator. You couldn't get a dishwasher. Like you couldn't get an oven. People could not get appliances. Now I'm hoping we're getting into that where like, you know, they have the bundles. Um, it's just really hard. If you already have a completely dated kitchen to just have like, very, very old appliances. Again, like I was talking about with the main systems, we have to make sure that one looks nice and new and fresh. It's the same thing. If you have a completely drab, unrenovated kitchen, we need something to stick out. And if that's appliances, sometimes that's enough to just get that buyer to think like, oh yeah, I can see the vision. I can paint this. I can paint the cabinets, blah, 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 all that kind of stuff. I am not a big advocate of completely renovating a home unless it needs a lot of work. I'm not a big advocate of completely renovating a home to put it on the market. Why? Because our job is to kind of make almost like a paper doll where the buyer sees this and sees their stuff and their vision and can just put it on top and make it into a nice little pretty outfit. So you're not going to see me asking people to excessively renovate their homes. That being said, you definitely do need to make some repairs here and there just to make sure that your life is easy and that we're not continuously putting this back on and off the market. That's a huge red flag as opposed to a little bit of paint, a little bit of flooring, and maybe a little bit of repairs here and there. A plumbing, you know, a plumbing situation, an electrical situation. Those are all normal repairs. Those are all okay to do. Allison, do you have any questions for me? Is it all right to sell as is? As is, okay, lots of people talk about this. As is, strikes fear in buyers and in sellers. Um, I think it's okay to sell a house as is. Normally what I do when I sell a house as is is that I make sure that we're not putting, now, either we are aggressively pricing it very low and selling it as is because we're like, listen, we're not messing around. If we're pricing it this low, we're not then shelling out extra money for repairs. Um, I also like to do as is paired with a home warranty that really helps when buyers are buying. If they're like, ah, I don't know, what if something breaks the second I move in, they know that they have a home warranty. That kind of helps grease the wheels and makes them feel a little bit better about things. I also like to do that when you have a very, very old house. You know, I sell a lot in Baltimore City and those homes are never gonna be new. Those over 100 year old homes, they're never gonna be new. So I like to sell them as is with a home warranty that definitely, that pairing, um, I've had a lot of success with that. But people shouldn't see as is as a red flag. Um, a lot of times people's life circumstances, as we said, Real estate is all about people's lives. It's not about the homes, it's about their lives. So if someone is in a situation where right now they cannot do those repairs because they don't have access to the funds or they're elderly or it's an estate and they can't get along and they can't come to an agreement as to what to do with those funds, then we need to be definitely thinking about as is as a valid strategy for selling your home. Another thing that I'd like to mention is that I still have my program, Up Value Connection, 
where if you decide that you want to throw in those little repairs, even if they're small, even if you're like, I don't have the money to paint right now, I don't have the liquid funds, I have a buttload of equity in my house, you can get those projects done before we put the house on the market and then you pay at settlement. That has been really, really valuable, especially during COVID when time was of the essence, when there are things that people wanted to do, we had them in and out, that house sold within 30 days, my contractor gets paid, you get paid, I get paid, everyone's happy, and the buyers are happy because the house looks a little bit refreshed. What if I have too much money? Are too many repairs a bad thing? Allison, what a problem to have. You have too much money and putting it, no, mostly I have a lot of people who are kind of self-conscious about their home. They're like, I want to replace everything before I put it on the market. And I'm like, let's slow down. Let's think about that. Too much repairs can be a bad thing. Why? Because you, uh, there are very few things on a home that are dollar for dollar returns. So if you invest $15,000 into the house, you have to think that you're probably not going to get exactly $15,000 out. And there's no real science. It depends on the area, it depends on the market, it depends on a lot of things. So I always recommend doing the bare minimum for cosmetic and for structural mechanical needs just to get the house sold and then also pick a sales price that reflects that, you know? If you want to throw in all this money so that you get this sales price, well, if a house is never sold for that, then what the heck is the use? Like, let's not jump the shark and completely ruin, you know, this whole process for everyone. I like to keep things somewhere in the middle zone where everyone's comfortable, maybe a slightly lower sales price, but also less work for you to do as the seller and just slightly less renovations, less stuff that the buyer may want to change when they move in. You always have to think about that. When you have questions about real estate, you know I always keep it real. So thanks for listening to the Keeping It Real Estate podcast.